0: Okay. welcome back to the boneyard podcast everybody Woody-hoo. we are here with episode yep, 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 19 yep, yep. i episode am 19 i'm your host jared shaft along with artemis brower we are coming to you this week, once again, with episode 19. We are super excited to be here um, doing another Boneyard podcast. Mm-hmm. Artie, uh, tell me, how, how's everything going with you? Everything's good, man. Everything's not
1: too bad. You know, regular, regular week. I actually was out of week, you know, the last three days. I had to go get a COVID test myself. Uh-oh. So our work is requiring that now. Because I think we had somebody at work actually contact or get the Ugh. the virus. So, yeah, I've be been on the work since Wednesday. But hopefully I'll be back tomorrow.
0: Do I need to be social distanced from
1: you? <laughs> you, have you? Have you gotten your results? I've not gotten my results back yet, but I am very positive that I am negative. You may be asymptomatic. Oh, so you, you probably
0: might be asymptomatic too, you know? No, nah, I've been living my best life, <laughs> not, not going around anybody, um, other than my time at crashing the Trailer park party, <laughs> So it, you might have caught it. <laughs> if I, I told Savannah if I was gonna catch it anywhere, that's it, it would have been catch Yeah. <laughs> but outside of that, I'm good, man. I'm good. That's good. So with the with the COVID test,
2: mm-hmm.
0: they went up your nose,
1: both nostrils, left both and right, nostrils. and they and they, they did the, as 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 bad as you can picture it. That's how it felt, but it really didn't hurt. Like it was more like a annoying get this thing the hell out my nose as soon as possible. But it didn't hurt. But I didn't enjoy it, if that makes any sense. Yeah. It was just one of those.
0: It's a no for and me, it's... dog.
1: <laughs> it was less than 10 seconds, you know. I thought it was just going to be one nostril. He was like, no, we got to put it That's up what both. she said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> um, <laughs> so hopefully I get those <laughs> results back by tomorrow so I can get back to work. But <laughs> Jared's over here just
0: dying. <laughs> I'm sorry. I um, had, had to get it out of my system. Um, all right, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. We went back down to the beach. Um, we've been there quite a bit lately. The guy at the Fish Hut Grill that we went to. Yeah. He was like, uh, Yeah, I I know y'all are like regulars here, but I can't remember your name for the life of <laughs> me. I was like, Dude, I don't even. I don't live, live like, here. I don't even live yeah. four hours from here, but right. apparently I'm a regular because we've been so many times in the last <laughs> in the last month. Um, but yeah, been down at the beach, uh, spent some quality time with family and friends, uh, been a blast, had, had a really great time at Emerald Isle, but I'm glad to be back here with, with my buddy, my brother, Hell yeah, Artemis Brower. So uh, guys, we have a great, uh, a great podcast for y'all this week. We have a ECU alum coming on, he's, he's a cool guy. Uh, Artie, you want you want to tell who we've got coming
1: on? Bryce Wagner. That is who we have on the show for you guys today. Uh, film director who went to ECU. I'm not too sure when he went to ECU. What were the what were the years? You know, I I, I would have to look
0: it up. Okay, real quick. <laughs> uh, we I, do know that he is an ECU alum. Do know? Um, I, I believe here. If you give me just a second, I'll, I'll look it up. He is a current film
1: director, so we're, I'm very excited to uh, get to know. Um, some of the works that he's done and, and how ECU has kind of shaped his his outlook going going forward and how he got into filmmaking.
0: Uh, so really excited for that interview. Yeah, he, he seems like a pretty cool guy. I mean, considering, I mean, he was a three-sport athlete in college, but he was a Teen USA champion bodybuilder, okay. um, which, which is is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he went to ECU. I, I'm not finding his his times at ECU. Um, he was a Phi Sigh at ECU. That that's that's pretty cool. Uh, okay. we'll, we'll we'll be able to get into a lot of that later. But um, we'll we'll talk about his time at ECU and talk about um, talk about his career after leaving ECU because we know that ECU. No, I'm seeing he was he's a voice actor as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. so um, Really cool. As you can tell, guys. So we actually we had Bryce scheduled for next week's podcast, mm. um, but this week's. This week's guest actually fell through, so we bumped Bryce up a week, and, uh, and so we haven't had as much time as we usually do to kind of prepare. To kind of prepare. This was all kind of stuff that came together, all within the last probably 12 hours, 12 to 12 to 18 hours um, that we put all this together, scheduled this interview. So yeah, we'll uh, we we'll, I'm really excited for it. We haven't we haven't yet talked to him. Um, usually we record our interviews before we record the podcast, but mm-hmm. um, this week it's going to be a little bit different. So we're all in for all in for a treat here uh, on the Boneyard Podcast. Yeah, aren't we already? So um, Artie, since we've last met, last talked, there's been some some news mm-hmm. at ECU. It's not the greatest news. Um, on Wednesday, July 15th, the athletic department, uh, John Gilbert athletic director, put out a press release basically saying, hey, we're on pause. Nobody's doing anything Mm -hmm. within the athletic department, especially not the fall sports, not the fall athletes. Um, This comes after 27 student athletes all test positive, or 27 student athletes test positive for COVID-19. So COVID-19 has taken its toll on ECU athletics, especially in the student athlete ranks, Ranks, excuse me, um Artie what what does this mean for ECU and college football well
1: it's not looking good I I will say that the outlook you know and we've been very optimistic on this on this podcast about having a football season and having fall sports in general um but it's really not looking good because of the, the inconsistency that's going on right now you know guys come back and we get a glimmer of hope and practice starts back up and then all of a sudden we're on pause and then all of a sudden we find out that 27 student athletes have tested positive. Now, we don't know if they're all on the football team or if they're all on, you know, whatever other team. But we do know 27 student athletes have tested positive for coronavirus, which we knew it
3: was no, going to happen.
1: It was going to happen. You know, nobody was going to stay safe. Nobody was going to be, you know, coronavirus yep. free. That was going to happen. Um, but from my viewpoint is there's going to be a lot of panic because in the news we're seeing, you know, there's 70,000 new cases a day in the United States which is not going to lead to administrators saying okay we're fine we can go ahead and and we open. still haven't heard back whether Artie's tested positive <laughs> sorry I'm negative people I'm telling you I'm negative hopefully <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it's it's, it's, it's realistically it's, it's not looking good to be able to come back and, and realistically say yes we can just go on with fall sports because there's going to be a lot of you know there's going to be a lot of panic which is deservedly so um, and we don't know you know, whether this virus is really going to, you know, take people out or, you know, not really hamper people, or most of these athletes are, a, you know, asymptomatic, but that really doesn't matter because they're getting it. So, from my viewpoint, it's not looking good. I'm curious, curious to hear what you feel about it. Um, but I don't, I, I, I am, my, my optimism towards having a football season is dwindling.
0: Okay, yeah. Um, I, I still think that we're going to have ECU football in the fall. Um, depending on. I don't know how that will look, but I'm. I would be shocked. I would be shocked if we did not have East Carolina football this fall. Um, now they have closed all athletic facilities and gyms mm-hmm. at ECU. Um, all fields, all workout areas have been closed at East Carolina um, to the athletes, to the to the coaching staff, nobody can get in to the training facilities. Um, so it, it will have a negative impact on ECU, of course, going forward into the football season. Are you, you, you I, was, I was just going to
1: say, and everybody's holding on for hope that we're going to have a football season. Everybody around the country. But from my viewpoint, things in the next five weeks are going to have to drastically change for the better. I mean, these numbers are going to have to go down. In order for us to be able to legit say, okay, you know, we can just go forward with a full football season and a playoff and the championship, and yada yada yada, and conference championships. Um, I hope it happens. I just, you know, being the realist that I am, I don't see it. So,
0: yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that, I, I, like I said, I think we will have a football season next year, or this year. Um, excuse me, and then. I also think that um, – I, I would be surprised if we don't play on August 29th. Okay. I, I think that the football season will start on time for ECU. Um, but I've been wrong plenty of times before, as as my wife likes to remind me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I think that we're going to have a football season. I just don't know when we'll be able to get back in and really start training. Because, I mean, ECU had just moved in. To phase one, mm-hmm. the the really first phase of having training camp, um, they, they just moved into that what a week and a half ago, so that I mean that that's tough to see that they've already shut things down. They're already shutting things down, but um, I, I do think that we'll open back up once these people test positive. Because they they have them in a bubble, yeah. So if they've got them in a bubble and they've got them where they can all get healthy. That they're gonna they're gonna play, and
1: I and I will say game one. You know, if we do have that game on August twenty ninth, um, I don't think we're gonna be sloppy. But you're not gonna see a crisp, clean football game. No, that the, is, that the, is gonna the, be a messy
0: the, football game. The football game, like, I don't know if Vegas has put out the lines on turnovers in the first couple weeks it, of <laughs> of the
1: season. But I think those first two to, two to three weeks of football are gonna be some some of the sloppiest whatever, football, whatever that we've ever seen.
0: For the love of God, do yourself a favor and take the over, <laughs> um, whatever that is. Just like I said, do yourself a favor and take the over on on how many turnovers. And it's it not the kids or the, or the or the coaches' faults, but they just no, haven't had it, the time to get together yeah, and really. Prep. Yeah, and that that's the thing with I mean, at least having an offense like ECU's, where whole nailers, and you have uh, C.J. Johnson, who I mean, they they pretty much played together the last 6 years and they've been in a similar type mm-hmm. offense they they know each other they they could probably finish each other's sentences at this point right they've been together for so long it's almost like they've been together for so long it's almost like a quarterback and a wide receiver duo in the NFL mm-hmm. how how long they've been together you don't have too many quarterbacks and receivers who have been together for 5 years in in the college ranks in the college ranks especially when the oldest is a junior. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't see that too often. Um, so I, I think that will play into ECU's favor. Um, also, I mean, I think you'll start seeing the running game. You'll see a lot of yards put up on the, on the running mm-hmm. side of the ball or um, running in general this year. I, and I'm willing to say that if, if you have to bet or if you're willing to bet on what position is going to be the Heisman, Mm-hmm. It will be a running back. I am almost willing to bet that this year will be a running back as the Heisman. That. Yeah, because you're going to get into about week two or three, and you're going to have your coaches not trusting your quarterbacks as much. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to. You might have a linebacker in there too, but you're, you're gonna. The running back is going to be the guy that that leads the way. That's this your year. safety
1: blanket position. anyway, yep. is, is the running back. Yep. So
0: And I think I think schools are going to lean he- very heavily on. On the running back this season, and uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised at all to see um, some of our our rushers really take hold um, going going into the season. I, I I could really see that happening. But already looking at it, um, we know that this pause. There's other universities around the college atmosphere, the college ranks mm-hmm. that are they they have they're having more and more tests. Come back positive mm-hmm. for COVID, but they're they're not taking the pause like ECU has. Yeah. I, I'm I'm happy to see that ECU is being um, they're being proactive about proactive. It. Yeah, you, you you knew what word I was trying to think. <laughs> my, my brain is I got you. Man. I got you. Um, but yeah, they're being proactive about it, and I like I like to see that from the university from the athletic department. Um, i not just I was just reading an article about West Virginia University having 19. Um, cases come back positive mm-hmm. just in the last week. So it, And they haven't paused anything. So it, it's good to see that ECU, whether it's whatever fall sport, um, whether it's any of them, that they're going ahead and being proactive because at ECU, everybody shares the same training facilities. Right. We don't have the budgets that the, some of the Power 5 schools or some even the bigger schools in our conference have or the better uh, funded schools in our conference have when it comes to athletic facilities. So they're all sharing the same things, sharing the same equipment, and I'm glad to see that we're being proactive. Um, I do think we'll, we'll be playing Marshall, um, but Marshall has gotten some bad news
1: this yeah, week. Yeah, and I, you just you know broke the news to me right before this podcast.
0: Yeah, so um, for those of you that don't know, Marshall University's quarterback, Isaiah Green, Isaiah Green uh is transferring. He entered the transfer portal on Wednesday shortly after ECU announced that they were pausing their uh their all their practices and training. Uh, I I thought it was funny. I saw Igo he tweeted out like the press release, and then shortly after the press release, Steve and I go tweeted out, and then you have this. <laughs> and it was <laughs> Because he was talking about like how is ECU going to now prepare for Marshall mm-hmm. when they have a shorter time to prepare, and then you have Marshall's quarterback just up and say, yeah, I'm going to transfer. Out. That's a la uh, Kurt Binker tearing his ACL two weeks before the season <laughs> uh, bad for, for Marshall. Um, so a little bit about Isaiah Green. He has appeared in 23 games the last two years. So since he was a freshman, he's appeared in 23 games. He's a junior now. Um, he'll have two years of eligibility. He started 22 of those 23 games, so only one game he didn't start um, in his college career. Last year, he threw for 4,900 yards already um, with 30 touchdowns, 21 interceptions, and he also rushed for 416 yards and six touchdowns. Already, how big of a loss is this for the Thundering Herd? It is ginormous. It, I, can't even, I can't even put the words
1: how big of a loss. It, this This is their guy. That's this their is, guy. This is absolutely their guy who just called it quits. And now five weeks before the season, before game one against ECU, you've got to figure out, okay, who the hell is my starting quarterback? And then not only that, you've got to be able to <laughs> find time to practice with this guy amid all this, you know, yep. bullshit that's going on around the country. Um, this, is, this is devastating for Marshall. If, if I could put it, you know – In realistic terms, this is absolutely devastating for them this close to the start of a season uh, to lose a guy like this. I mean, it's not like they lost their backup or they lost, you know, some kid that, you know, was really good but it's not really a starter right now, hasn't developed. I mean, this is their guy that they were going with game one. I mean, your quarterback
0: leads the offense. Yeah. He leads the offense whether you want to say it or not. Like, some people will say, oh, well, you've got other positions that can lead, but no, on offense – this is the guy that's leading. And he's been what, a two-year starter? Two-year starter. So he's so, been starting since he was a freshman. He started 22 out of the 23 games. And
1: from what I'm reading, I think he, he announced it on Twitter. And from what it looks like, he's leaving football, I guess, to focus more on social injustice. I think that was – he didn't really come out and say that, but I think that's what I'm getting from, from his, his remarks on Twitter
0: I mean, that's good on him, but why are you transferring? You can do that at, at school. Right. I don't so, I, don't,
1: I, don't, I, don't, I have no idea. I'm just reading this right here, and it, it, it looks like I will rise above the minor conflicts to see the bigger picture. So, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if there was an internal conflict with the coaches. I don't know if it was something that happened with one of his teammates but he seems to be thanking all of his teammates and saying, "I love you guys, and I wanted to stay and play for you guys and play with you guys." Um, so I'm really not too sure. I, I I personally believe it was an internal thing with one of the coaches.
0: That that is, I mean, I, I don't want to put rumors out there, but if that's what it sounds like, that's that's what you would have to think. Um, I just I just can't understand why a
1: two-year starter would just up and transfer so quick to the start of the season.
0: Yeah, that that that's really strange. Um, now, I mean, he wasn't anything that – I mean, he was a good quarterback, don't get me wrong, but – Right, uh, now, he I wasn't – yeah, he, like a – He wasn't going to – First-round draft pick no. or anything like that. Um, but he was also young. He, I mean, he, he's the same age as, as Holden Aylor. So, mm. um, and then 30 touchdowns, 21 interceptions. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt them. I know that they have a redshirt freshman on the roster at quarterback. Um, that to me, I think that might be their starter. I'm not knowing much about their about their um, roster, that seems like that would be the starter to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that would make the most sense. But who knows? Um, it's it's going to be tough for them. But hopefully, this will give ECU an opportunity to prepare. But at the same time, Artie, it can this could be even more harmful for ECU because at least they had film on that that guy. Oh, right, right. Like, but in my personal
1: opinion, there's blood in the water now. Yeah. And so we gotta be sharks. You know? Yeah. We, we we can't feel sorry for Marshall. We gotta, oh, I don't we gotta feel sorry for Marshall. We gotta go we gotta go get the blood in the water. So and and we yes, I agree with you we had film on this guy, but I'm telling you, the backup is not as good as the guy
0: they had that just left. Yeah. So otherwise he wouldn't have been a backup. Exactly. <laughs> so uh so yeah, that's uh that's what's going on now, um with Marshall and ECU. So you have one school that is shutting everything down. Nobody's able to practice. Luckily, nobody is transferred. But you also have another school that there's their man transferred, mm-hmm. um, their guy transferred. So, um, it'll be an interesting game to watch week zero as long as it happens. And like I mentioned earlier, I believe it happens. Um, so, yeah, be on the lookout for that, y'all. It's going to be a fun game. I think that will be a shootout. And I now that's a night game, right? Is that a that the times that a, have not been announced yet. Okay, okay. So usually they announce the week zero games like two months in advance. Mm-hmm. They they announce like the first three weeks. But with COVID, they're not announcing the times right. yet. Because they, they don't know. They don't <laughs> we don't even know if there's gonna be a game. Right. <laughs> we um, don't know. So yeah. Well, Artie, um how about we how about we throw it over to our interview with Bryce Wagner? Um Bryce movie producer documentary Mm -hmm. producer um really cool guy let's go ahead and throw that over to him um and then we'll we'll be back after after the interview okay let's do it so our guest today he's an ecu alumni he's also a director producer writer and actor he's originally from virginia but Born in or raised in Raleigh, North Carolina. I almost said born and raised. He can't be <laughs> born in Virginia and be raised in Raleigh. He's a uh, he's a first time guest of the podcast. Welcome to the Boneyard Podcast, Bryce Wagner. How's it going, Bryce?
3: I'm doing great, man. Uh, thanks for having me, boys.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, the pleasure is all ours. Uh, we're bumping things around back here, um, but yeah, uh, first kind of wanted to start off. You you had an interesting childhood you you went to a military academy um can you can you kind of start off by telling us kind of what that experience was like kind of your experience going to uh, going to high school in, in that um, setting but also then going into ECU what, what that was like
3: yeah man uh, so I went to 14 military academy um mm-hmm. I was um uh growing up I was actually kind of a scrawny kid um and um I used to get the crap kicked out of me pretty, on the regular you know Divorce, mom, Catholic area—people weren't particularly crazy about that, so I caught a lot of flack for that. And um, I, you know, I wanted to, um, you know, kind of toughen up. And um, military school gave me the opportunity to do that. So I chose mm-hmm. walking to Military Academy, and um, you know, my parents were very supportive of me. And uh, at one point, um, I wanted, you know, I mean, I was also my family was very military. Uh, dad and uncle, Vietnam vets, uh, grandfather, World War II, uh, all the way back to Revolutionary War. So um, we, um, you know, so I wanted, originally I wanted to go to West Point. Um, and then, um, and I wanted to, uh, to wrestle and play lacrosse or sports that I was already starting to do. And um, Ork Union gave me a great opportunity, you know, to, to do so and I got, I got recruited um, for wrestling uh, a little bit for lacrosse, for wrestling um, but then I fell in love with bodybuilding um, and became uh, the AAU Mr. teen USA uh, tall class winner um, and uh, during that time I was actually you know with I was attending high school with uh, Heisman trophy winner um, Eddie George mm-hmm. um, ECU uh, legend Morris Foreman and I graduated together uh, rest in peace Mo, um, and, um, so that was, uh, you know, after a while I realized I wasn't going to be quite good enough to start anywhere in college. Um, so, uh, bodybuilding was a great, at, uh, great outlet for me because I love to train is, uh, just something to help keep focus. And, and like my senior year, I made straight A's. So, and uh, I was supposed to go to Florida state. Uh, that was my dream school. Um, wow. you know, I wanted to hop on the Bobby Bowden train, man. Yeah. And. Uh, my dad said, you know, hey, you know, I get in-state tuition in Virginia or North Carolina, um, and you can do one of those or you're on your own. Well, I was 17 when I graduated high school, so there wasn't too much I could do on my own. <laughs> yeah. And um, I actually, you know, I chose uh, – it was interesting because ECU had, you know, just gone to the college playoffs and baseball, the, uh, the NCAA tournament, and won the beach ball. And um, – my guidance counselor said to me, I was like, I'm stuck. You know, I've either got to go to state, Carolina, uh, Virginia Tech, or JMU. Those were my choices. Um, and um, I didn't want to go to any one of those. You know, Not, those, one, uh, me. Yep. not, not one bit. <laughs> I, I mean, man. Uh, and, um, I, uh, and my guidance counselor, I just sat down, with Captain Joyce, and I said, I don't know what to do. He goes, What do you, what do you think about East Carolina? I said, I think they got pretty good sports. Uh, he goes. Yes. Uh, well, you know what? They're also 63% female. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: so, yeah, not many things change. <laughs> nope, not at all.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're locked up with dudes for six years, um, yeah. uh, that's uh, it. Just wasn't, you know. And I wanted to enjoy myself, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I, worked so hard. And uh, when you start seeing stuff like the playground of the south, and um, all this feel you know, cool, and the uh, Playboy uh had retired us from the top co- party colleges in america they said mm-hmm. sorry uh, no professionals are allowed in this contest um you know stuff like that you're just like this looks amazing and mm-hmm. it's great and i also did want to study sports medicine and ecu did and does today still have one of the best sports mm-hmm. medicine and physical therapy department uh, departments in in america so there was that all lined up and um and then it just so happened that that mo was coming here um uh, a couple of my other friends from military school ended up going there, so that was nice. You know, it felt good. The weather's great. We had a, uh, my, my parents had a house in Atlantic Beach, um, and that was nice, they weren't too far away, so it all kind of fell in, and you know, man, it's one of those things I got there for orientation, and um, my dad, man, he's, he's such a, le- Captain Ron, such a legend. We, uh, my RA um, for uh, orientation was um, Carl Esther Crumpler. Junior, uh, of course, another ECU great, and his father, um, Carl Lester Sr., You know who was the uh, an ECU legend and um, he played for the Bills and all that on it with mm. O.J. Simpson. Um, <laughs> my dad just walks up to this towering man, you know, and he was wearing an ECU football shirt. I'm like, Dad, that's one of the football players. He goes, he goes Carl Lester, you look like your father. Goes, I look like my mother, man. And it ends up, my dad, when he came back from Vietnam, he went to Carolina, but then he went to um, uh, uh, Carolina Christian, which is now uh, Barton. Mm-hmm. And um, he he uh, he had a gr- he was dating a girl in Greenville, and him and Carl Esther were buddies. And he would lend Carl Esther his Camaro on the weekends while he shacked up with a girl in Greenville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it all just kind of worked out. You know, yeah. it's like, it's meant to be, it's meant to be
1: now once you once you got on campus, how was your overall experience in time at ECU that you would say over the years?
3: man i was uh, um, I, I, before Alan Thomas was the mayor, Bryce Wagoner was the mayor uh, <laughs> i spent I, I was off and on for nine years at east carolina i um, it was a I am forever grateful for my time uh, in greenville and in East Carolina and how mm. University treated me and really let me find my way as as a as a man and as a human being um and because I screwed up a few times and ECU gave me chances and um Don Joyner's listening out there somewhere I I owe so much to him for helping me find my way um and there's that um that old adage where you say uh you know stop being the stop being the person everybody wants you to be and start being the man who you are. Mm -hmm. And there's something like that. I'm probably quoting it terribly, but Greenville really helped me find my voice um, as a creative spirit. And it's something that I pursued in my writing and whatnot when I was in high school. But everybody, I, one more fun factoid. My grandfather's best friend was Senator Jesse Helms. And uh, the and in, in, on the Virginia side, um, you know, Governor Allen was a good friend of the family, and um, you know there was a path that I was supposed to take to be in politics, mm. uh, and I just um, I, did, I just never wanted that, and it was just so much pressure. And Greenville really helped me find my voice, and uh, it, the city of Greenville as much as as um, as the university, and I'll be forever grateful and, and indebted. Uh, for that. Um, I had some amazing professors, like uh, John Sharon, who was the head of the theater department. And rest in peace, he, he passed away not too long ago. It was fairly crushing. Um, uh, Robert Caprio, McKay Sunwall, uh, Randall Martosha, who t- still teaches film there. Um, you know, I'm very lucky that I had people like that, that let me say, hey, you know, you do have a talent. let's let's exploit it yeah
0: yeah yeah so you you talk about I know you when you got to ECU you wanted to study um, your sports medicine you you wanted to study sports medicine but you also you talk about your creative uh, your creative abilities finding that and kind of talk about how that came came about like at what point were you like oh wow like this this is a option for me as Mm -hmm. well
3: yeah. You know, one of the first things that I went to, um, at like Hendrix, you know, the student center, mm-hmm. um, was they did a free screening of de- of demolition man. Um, you know, Sandra Bullock, uh, Stallone, Wesley Snipes. And this little birdie was in my ear. I was like, man, she can do it. And she was here. Maybe I can too. And was, and then my, uh, my, my half brother and my half sister were both studying theater, one in the state, one at Greensboro. And then my two cousins, well, one was at Columbia studying theater and the other was at University of Maryland. And I was like, man, I'm just denying my DNA and everybody else in the family is not, and my family owned a restaurant, uh, and chain of restaurants and stuff like that. Um, and I kept thinking, you know, like they were trying to push me towards that it was like a was political thing. And, um, you know, I, I just I just didn't have the guts until Hurricane Floyd came through, and I'm sitting there and I finally gotten everything gotten everything down pretty good. You know, taking you know taking anatomy and you know I'm getting there and I was like I was on a I was gonna graduate a few years later, but you know but still not a terrible track. And I remember um, uh, being trapped in Greenville, um, watching over my fraternity house. Uh, I'm a fire side. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you're – it's not not too different from that that first few weeks of COVID uh, when you're, you know, you're looking at your life and what's life going to be like moving forward. And and then we went back to classes, you know, because we were out for almost a month. Uh, And uh, I just – I remember sitting there, and and I think it was organic chemistry – and I'm sitting there, and it, it was like Charlie Brown's teacher was talking at me. You know, womp, womp, womp. <laughs> yep. I just couldn't absorb anything. They let everybody drop out for free, and you know, get a refund and everything. Cause it was such a, such a, uh, just cataclysmic event. Mm. And then, um, you know, I, I I didn't know exactly what I, I I knew what I wanted to do, but I had to do that soul searching. So I took a job as a handyman at a uh, at a trailer park up in Little Washington, Calvary Mobile Homes. And um, installed steps and shit like that. And, um, you know, you're sitting there and you barely make a minimum wage. And you're in a trailer park, which God bless everybody's from there. We, I know we are from trailer park country. But, you know, I this was not the path I thought I was going to be on. Mm-hmm. And um, I started making some calls. And I, I called up Don Joyner. And he said, well, let's get you enrolled in summer school. And I took some theater and writing classes. I took five classes and I got straight A's. And it's like, well, guess this is where I'm supposed to be. (laughs) (laughs) That was it.
1: And so after you got into, you know, the, the film production and the writing and and directing, what would, what would you say was your first like breakthrough role or breakthrough kind of, kind of piece that you did in the business?
3: Well, you know, I was, um, I was like every other, um, uh, arrogant actor, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in Hollywood. I was like, Mm -hmm. well, what I really want to do is direct. And, um, but I, I had a good career as an actor, and I, I don't do it anymore. And I've I, I politely declined offers. Um, I, I did, you know, what I did, and uh, there was two things. I did um, a movie called *The Flight That Fought Back*. Mm-hmm. Played a, a, a real life, a real life human being named Richard Gordano, and Richard uh, was one of the heroes of Flight Ninety Three, um, September Eleventh. Wow. And um, that movie was nominated for Best TV Movie um, for the Emmys. And, uh, you know, I was on the cover of Variety and that was pretty cool. Mm. Um, and at the same time, I was also working for, um, um, uh, THQ studios who do all the SmackDown versus Raw video games. Yep. I, I, I wanted which, to ask uh, about
1: that. <laughs> side note, one of my favorite yep. video games growing up. <laughs> so.
3: I, I was, I was Triple H for five games. Uh, wow. And, yeah, that's uh, awesome. My pedigree's on point, y'all. <laughs> so I was making a really good living. I had done some commercials and I uh, was getting some big, good auditions. And things actually had kind of slowed down, though, at one point. just Because that's it—that's the way it is. You know, you're working a lot, then you're not. Right. And I had to take a job at a bar. Um, but it was a great, great job. And I, I, you know, my boss was a Hall of Fame hockey player named Peter Svoboda. Um, okay. Okay. Um, Czech Republic, you know, he scored the game-winning goal against uh, Russia in the '98 uh, Olympics. Wow. You know, so, like the Czech national hero. Like, but I closed down. We just, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, he's a great boss, and uh, he introduced me to like uh, Michael Bay and Jerry Bruckheimer. Wow. Like. He said, "Bryce, let me help you with your career. You got, uh, you got family values from south." You know? <laughs> it was it was, a, it was a great job, you know, um, and uh, I made really good money, and I got to do whatever. I got to my auditions, and if I booked something small, I'd be like, "Bryce, cool, go, 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 be famous." And um, so uh, I was really, very grateful for that job, and, and um, we. Um, but then I was. Um, uh, we had a lot of regular producers and agents that came in there because it was right in Beverly Hills, and um, this, I, I was, you know, still trying to do. I was like, so I had written some things, and I had this idea for this documentary um, that I, you know, I'd put to paper and I'd kind of lightly pitched it to a few people, but I was like, eh. and uh, this guy Andy Weiss comes in, and he's a, he's a regular, he's a regular there, lived right down the street.
2: Mm-hmm. He
3: uh, said, "Hey Bryce, uh, you know, I got this movie." With um, James Caan, Luke Wilson, uh, Giovanni Ribisi, Terry Crews, like this big cast. Yeah. Uh, and he's um, like, "Do you speak any Russian?" Uh, I said, "Yeah, no, no, go get speak I speak some Russian."
0: Uh, <laughs> i was gonna say I have. Yeah, no idea, no what, idea what, what, what you said. <laughs> Lost blank. <Blunt. laughs>
3: so um, it just means I speak a little Russian, and um, you know what you have to know is. <speaking> chess means I want to drink now.
1: <laughs> I will remember that one. I will absolutely yeah. try to remember that.
3: Vodka. um Russian girls like to say chess a lot now. <laughs> Anyhow, so said so, yeah, you know, I said, cool, cool, cool. so said, well what's it about? And uh he said, uh well it's about it's a true story. Um about um you know the the guys who invented internet billing and how they became billionaires, um, but basically off of porn and the Russian Mafia.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow.
3: And, um, and it was his financier. And uh, so I said, you know, that's interesting. Uh, I said, that sounds great, I love it. I said, you know, I've got this documentary. Uh, I said, but you don't do documentaries. Goes, no, 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 tell me, what what is, what is it? I said, well, I want to do a documentary about what happens to uh, former uh, adult Movie stars and what mm-hmm. happens to the later I call it at the time. We called it "Life After Porn." He said, "I love it. Let's do it." And six weeks later, we were doing it. Wow! Wow! So, and I, yeah.
1: And I, I was going to say, I've, I've definitely seen the first one. I don't think I've seen this, the the second documentary. I've seen the first uh, "After Porn Ends," and it's it. Both documentaries are very very good. So I, I, I will say that.
3: Thank you, thank you, well It was the idea was to take a humanistic side uh, to because most people just try to, I mean, look, where I try to take a Southern approach to everything that I do, you know, and it, it and that's, you know, bless your heart, but unironically, yeah. Uh, cause I, 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 I'm a Catholic and I still try to practice as best I can. And, um, and I try to be a good Southern person with good, decent Southern values, not the best, but you know, mm-hmm. I always ask. Jimmy Buffett said, you know, there's a fine line between Saturday night and Sunday morning.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> Absolutely.
3: And, so, but I, I always, I wanted to take some compassion for these people that most people are just trying to exploit on, you know, right. on some news program or whatever. And I just wanted to talk to them as human beings and not a piece of meat. Um, and it took a while for it to happen because people, you know, they're so guarded, you know, because people treat them so poorly, you know, and um, I just wanted to take that, you know, human side to that, and. We went off, you know, for a year and a half. Um, went all over the country and, and got these um, amazing people's stories that opened up and let me into their homes and their lives. And um, and then it sat on the shelf for a year and a half, uh, yep. because everybody said it's too controversial. This is Hollywood, by the way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Controversy. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. and you've seen it. There's some boobs and a couple of f bombs in it, maybe. Right.
1: right. Yeah. But it's 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 I, too vulgar. Netflix
3: yeah. Netflix. Some of the more original programming is a lot more risqué. Yeah, than
1: that. yeah, yeah. I would agree.
3: <laughs> yeah, that show, three sixty five. Goodness gracious. <laughs> um, so um, uh, but, and so then we get a small distribution deal, and then uh, yeah, we did have a little you know PR team. But then all of a sudden, we're the number one movie on iTunes,
2: mm-hmm.
3: wow. and. Then we were number one for a day, then two days, then a week, two weeks. And almost seven weeks later, we're up there with the number one movie on Google, with the number one movie on Amazon. Yeah. Um, and it's just taken off. I'm doing interviews with like Huffington Post, Extra, 60 Minutes. You know, like it's the number one documentary in the world. And, um, you know, you're, you're sitting there and we found out at one time that we were the number one, most watched movie in Netflix history at one point.
1: Wow, um, that's crazy.
3: Yeah, so it was absolutely nuts how that took off. And everybody right. – uh, but I'm sitting there working at a bar. And I actually end up working at another bar because I decided I, I, um, uh, to take off for the movie, and then I ended up having to get another – because, you know, you, you run out of money, you know. And, again, <laughs> I, 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 my agent wasn't happy that – I'm sorry. A lot of planes around here.
0: All good. All good.
3: Oh, As we say in the film business, hold. (laughs) So, um, we, um, uh, you know, so I was was working in another bar and, um, just wait for this movie to come out. You know, talk about some frustrating stuff, man. You know, we've done some film festivals and everybody loved it. It was really cool. And, and, uh, sitting there at work, you know, at this new job in this place called the Chateau Marmont, right? Kind of a famous hotel, a lot of big celebrity hang out. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm sitting there at work at these updates on my movie, you know, just like number one, and I'm sitting there checking IDs, you know. And, um, you know, then you, you try to get something else, and I and I had actually pitched a wrestling documentary about what happens to wrestlers. Afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I I got every meeting I, I, I wanted for the most part, and everybody said, well, that's too depressing. And by the <laughs> way, have you seen oh. wrestling documentaries over yeah. the past few years? Yeah. Dark,
1: dark Side of the Ring, yeah.
3: Yeah. You know, uh, you know, uh, I mean, beyond the mat had already come out. Um, but I was going to do something very similar, but then take a more linear approach to you know what's being done about it. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. And Vince McMahon, of course, is an ECU alum. And yeah. he was lovely to me all those years. Let me work when a lot of other people goes, how's that guy from East Carolina doing? Yeah. He, he can keep doing hard. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, uh, so, just kind of struck out and I hadn't mastered the the art of having multiple projects. Okay. Because you can, now when I'm in a room, you know, you can pitch one thing and you can read a room pretty quickly when they're not into it. And you gotta be ready to have another thing Right. And at the right. time. That's I'm sitting here working at a bar. And I mean, I, had, I had come up with, um, another documentary and I'd written, I'd got, and then I got one thing, one of the things that happened was I had written a script and I got optioned. Um, uh, at Paramount so I'm sitting there I'm thinking I'm feeling pretty good you know but that's not going anywhere you're taking the meetings and it's a bunch of you know um, uh, <laughs> so, uh, I'm not sure who listens to the show so I don't want to be too vulgar But uh, it, you,
0: we, we put we put explicit out on all, all of our podcasts yeah. so you can say whatever
3: now, it was a lot of dry hand jobs yeah.
0: Okay, you know, <laughs> and, uh,
3: that's
1: a very good way to put that <laughs>
3: Just like, oh man, I've got this show, I got this talent, and it, like everything, and I'm with, uh, and with one of the biggest producers in Hollywood, biggest female producer in Hollywood, Parent. Uh, she produces such movies as like Godzilla, and um, uh, you know, all the legendary films, you know. Uh, so she's she's in my corner, and she was used to be the head of MGM, and you know, and and, and also the other producer on that, it produced, it just produced Wedding Crashers. So I'm thinking I'm feeling pretty good here. You know, right. got the number one celebrity in the world. Um, got a great script here. Uh, the wrestling thing, you know, kind of wasn't going, but you know, I got some good cash, you know, and I'm sitting there and I'm working my safety job, but every night I'm there, I'm meeting new celebrities and, and, and agents and producers that, you know, like, Oh my and like, cause people talk about it and like, Oh, give give me their cards, taking meetings. Like that was a great job for me. Um, and, um, and then I started pitching off my, my next thing, which really hit the floor badly because I wanted to do a movie about my, my hero, my idol, my favorite person in the world. Uh, that's not my mother. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, Jimmy Buffett. And, okay. uh, yep. I, I, and people literally, if I had a nickel for every time an executive said to me, isn't he dead? Or oh is he still alive? <laughs> oh my I'm like, I'm like Bitch, wow. he's, on the, he's on the top ten Forbes earners every year. You <laughs> morons!
0: Wow. I, I just found out. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. I just yeah, found out he's. I, I just found out over the weekend, or just two days ago, he's building a margarita Margaritaville in Beaufort, really? North Carolina. He
3: yeah. loves it. Love he absolutely loves it. I, yeah,
0: that's we- where. That's where my wife and I want to retire. And I mean, we heard that. Been like a hundred and ten room hotel, like yep. the, the nines. But uh, yeah.
3: yeah, I, I might, uh, I, I might go to the opening of that if I'm still down here. Yeah. Um, well, so, but yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, he, no he loved, and you know, he got his boat made in Little Washington. His new boat made in Little yep. Washington. Mm-hmm. So, um, I am mean, and again, I'm sitting here working at a bar, and one of our re- and it was actually the day that. Um, I had this other, uh, movie. I I, I got really good. I I really embraced my screenwriting and I had this big, epic, like graphic novel, video game, uh, movie tie-in thing. I really, really hit my stride, you know, and I was working with some really great producers. Um, and, and we, um, you know, and then there's, there's like a rule of thumb, um, and there's a fourth meeting right you get a fourth meeting that means that that usually they're going to do it mm-hmm. most of the time they do but it's 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 crap or get off the top you know sort of thing so i get my fourth meeting at the studio because um, they give me notes like hey can you do this take a look at that you know whatever and i do all this stuff and they said no uh they passed they said we understand why you think this is big um we just you know don't have the you know the resources to do it and um you know i put Everything aside, I thought that was about to happen. I'm sitting there and I'm at work, you know, and um, standing out there on Sunset Boulevard, I'm a little you know morose because you know, three o'clock that afternoon, you know, I had potentially millions of dollars taken away from me, and um, you know, but I, but I had the money enough. It takes a minute to get paid for movies,
2: mm-hmm.
3: so money's just starting to come in from from after porn ends, so I was like, well, you know. We'll take another shot at it. And one of our, I had another regular who was uh, he lived right up the street. He and his wife came in every Saturday. Uh, and Craig Clark, um, and uh, owns a big post production uh, company. And he said, you know, you he guys, uh, he's English. So he's like, you know, you're doing all right, mate. How the meeting go? I well, you know, didn't go great. And um, and also, also that day, I had, I thought I'd had the funding, a partial funding for the JD Buffett movie, mm-hmm. and. It, it didn't happen, and uh, I go, you know what, man? I didn't even say anything about the the big movie thing. I said, you know what? Just nobody in this town gets Jimmy Buffett, man. Yeah. He goes, I get Jimmy Buffett. I'll pay for it. <laughs> like, months later, we were doing it. Wow! And wow! I, uh, I, you know, sent everything up to my assistant, and uh, we did. We got all the financials and everything. And I was I was partnered with um, this really great company, uh, a guy from Raleigh, actually, my buddy uh, Matt Paniziero. Um, and, um, he had just done, uh, the LeBron James more than a game documentary about okay. his high school national championship. Mm-hmm. So he had some real, uh, some real heat underneath them. And, um, it all made sense. And, uh, <laughs> I'll never forget that, uh, yeah, we, we did the meeting, we had the financials go over and he comes up on a Saturday night, a few weeks later, he goes, oh, he goes, oh, yeah, about that uh, documentary takes a drag. on cigarette. Goes, we're going to do it. <laughs> oh, <so. laughs> <That is laughs> and I was like, sweet. I was sitting there, you know, and I used to wear a cowboy hat. And what to call it the sunset cowboy. And mm-hmm. I was sitting there, you know, this, this big dude, black, the cowboy hat. And I'm like, trying not to lose it. And I tell my guys and, and, and girl Donna at the door, like I got to run. And I run up behind the parking lot and I just broke to my knees, prayed and cried. Yep. Thank God for, um, for that happening. And it was, uh, And then you know I got to go on this this awesome tour of the world, and I was uh, and it was my idea. I got the money. Everything you know was me. So I got to name my crew, and um, I got to co-produce it with uh, my uh, my good friend Vance Daniels, um, who was a theater and dance major, and also was a host at WZMB at one point. and uh, my best friend and producing partner, um, Kara Kidwell, aka Kara Smith, when she was at ECU. And I, she was a Zeta there. We were friends because we were Greek and theater and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, and then I was able to hire, um, let's see, I think we had seven people from ECU involved in that production.
1: Awesome. That's awesome. I, I love to hear so that. Bringing it back Whatever home. I
3: can do. We, we had, uh, if you guys know the band, Parmalee, yep, um, yep. who have who now have the number one song. On Sirius X- XM, just the way. So proud of those boys. Mm-hmm. Um, his uh, Barry Knox, his bass player. His uh, wife and I are friends. She's an editor. She, so she did some graphics for us. Um, buddy Daniel Norman did the old, uh, uh, one of the only non-Jimmy Buffett songs that like not that you know go. He did some music for us. And, uh, a couple of my friends uh, were PAs for us. We were in town, like New York and stuff. You know, just anywhere I could go. You know, to help spread the pirate love and help further everybody's careers, you know. Um, so that was a very special. I was really glad I was able to do that.
0: Yeah, that, that's awesome. I mean, it, pirates helping pirates, man. That that's that's something you hear all the time at, at ECU. Is pirates helping pirates? Now, now that project is that is that currently out or is that still? Yeah, it's
3: on Prime. It's called
1: Pirate Okay. Okay.
3: That's the number one DVD on Amazon, and that was pretty cool. Um, you know, yeah, it's so much for people not knowing Jimmy Puppet is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, one of the really cool, long story short on this, you know, we did the movie independently. He knew we were doing it. And then we did it the right way. And uh, we got into uh, we found out that his best friend, a guy named Frank Marshall, um, you might have seen some of Frank's movies as a producer uh, Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. uh, Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you may have heard of those. <laughs> yeah
1: He's those the, those are kind movie. of small, known movies, but yeah. I've heard of
3: them. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he's doing Assassin's Creed in Malta. Uh, you know, like Michael Fassbender, you know, this huge cast. And he's calls us on a sort of sat phone. He goes, hey, saw the movie. It's great. Said, Jimmy, I'm telling you, he needs to do it immediately. <laughs> so, uh, he um, uh, And they, they call us up, and they said they everything happened, and... It ends up that his manager, uh, Mike Ramos, my 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 buddy, my man, my, my brother, uh, it, he he and his wife are actually big fans of After Porn Uh They're like, dude, Bryce, you do great work, and you really speak to the human side and condition. You've done this in this movie, you know. You made it. Uh, as Jimmy said to me, he goes, "Thank you for making a movie that's not just about the parking lot." Right. And,
2: <laughs>
3: and uh, that it felt really good, you know. And right. uh, so, Midboot Records, his his uh, company, became our distributor. And um, we've got to hang out a bunch of times, and we bust each other's balls a little bit. He's hysterical. Um, he's a he's a really neat guy, and um, it's really weird to say it, but I can say you know it's really weird to have your hero as a business partner. You
0: know? <laughs> yeah, I, I bet it is. Yeah, <laughs> Artie, it's okay. I know I'm your hero, but <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I idolize Jared Shaffer. <laughs> so you're working with your hero, and you, you get you get Jimmy Buffett to agree to come on and he, he's not only agreeing he's contacting you his party's contacting you and saying hey Jimmy wants to be a part of this when once you start to like really meet him and get to know him, really what was the the thing where you were just like, wow like that's that's Jimmy Buffett what was that one moment where you were like I'm sitting here oh. talking.
3: I'll tell you exactly what it was. I'm So we're down in Key West, right? And also, man, dude, he also just, I cannot get over, I cannot overstate how amazing of a human being he is and how much of a wonderful creative mind that he has. He made all kinds of stuff happen. That's, that's subplot A, right? But I'm sitting there and we're in Key West and he's like, come on down. We're going to make this thing happen. I don't want to ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen it, but there's, he makes the ending of the movie happen. Right. Mm. And, and uh, he, um, so we're down there and we're waiting for three days and I'm sitting there because at any moment he's ready to talk. Right. And then uh, Mike Ramos calls me up and we're all in the same hotel band and everything. And, and but Jimmy's on a private Island and, um, yeah, of course. <laughs> <Stop it. laughs> right. And, um. And uh, it's like, hey, can you be downstairs in twenty minutes? And my producer actually had to go back, so it's just my cameraman, and I, my, uh, my buddy Steve Acevedo, uh, and um, I go, Ace, we gotta go. Uh, good thing we didn't drink last night, uh, <laughs> uh, and, which I tell you what is a monumental feat in Key West, going three days without having more than a couple of beers. I don't doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, we run downstairs, and uh, it's like, okay, come on over. We go to the marina, and we got to get on a boat to go to this private island. And we were supposed to, because we weren't supposed to bring cameras out there, so we got all our gear kind of hidden, you know, and and, um, Ramos is in front of us, and I'm sitting there, and I'm shaking, shaking, just, it was like, this is real, this is happening. Uh, Snoopy's the other way, Mr. Red Baron. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, like a red baron playing here, so I'm, I'm shaking. I'm, 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 I'm starting to like, and Ace has become one of my dear friends and uh and collaborators. and He just looks at me and he goes, Puts his fingers at me. Like, I'm the captain.
2: He
3: uh, <laughs> uh, he goes, Bryce, you're the director, he's the talent.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I don't, he goes, You get me? You're the director, he's the talent. I'm like, okay, I'm good, I'm good, got it, yeah, BDE, baby, you know, feeling it, <laughs> and, um, and then I get up to the front porch, and this is when it really hit me, and Ramos goes, uh, hey, Delaney, one of my favorite Jimmy Buffett songs, and I mean, top 10 favorite songs is Delaney Toss the Statues, off mm-hmm. for kicks. a song about his daughter, and there she was, <laughs> and she goes, dad, guys are here on I, <laughs> <up. laughs> I, like like <laughs> right I was like this is it and then my hero is sitting there like in his boxers and a t-shirt just like <laughs> me and he's like oh let me get you guys some mic stands or something I can help y'all out the first thing he does is try to help us set up shop mm-hmm. you know and uh, you know just that that was it man that that's what you know and I was uh, I know we didn't have much time because he was literally taking Delaney on a boat trip down to Cuba, and um, Must be nice. I only missed <laughs> one question, I didn't want to have it in front of me, I had him down, I missed one question that I feel, it's neither here nor there, but um, but I got everything down, and we joked about it, one of these days I'll show you all the uncut interview, and uh, I talk about being from ECU, I said, man, I got this just, I said, i sorry, I got this kind of sickness, I always have to bring East Carolina and everything I do. Absolutely. And, and he goes no nah, man uh you know it, 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 it's all right you know and um you know we, we chopped around the interview and stuff to get the you know uh, things upright but yeah uh, we talked about ECU a little bit and uh talked about the boat and how those guys contacted him because we can make it better than Yankees up there and he goes, you know what they did <laughs>
0: <laughs> love to hear that
3: yeah he's uh, uh so that was then and then you know. We talked a bunch and uh, done some, some interviews together and, um, you know, just a, a generous and kind man and fun. And, um, awesome. yeah, and, and then he made the ending of this movie happen, you know, something that we had wished, you know, over and over we wanted to happen. Um, like I said, I don't want to give it away. If you haven't seen it, it, it really will warm your heart. And it's not just me. I mean, the movie's been out a few years, so it's not like I'm trying to, you know. Uh, but it, um, it'll really warm your heart, and, um, and Jimmy made that happen, and, it was, and uh, we never mentioned it to him, we always dreamed that it happened, but then he just does and he just, it. just completely crushes it blows it up, like, it, it just the wildest dream stuff there. And then, you know, um, we, uh, we came out, and then uh, a few months later, I got to screen it for the, for the students on campus, which was really cool. Um, and Margaritaville sponsored you know uh, costume contest and the after party um, yeah I know that was dope they, yeah you know you was just like man it's like you guys are just so cool and anything we wanted to do they would do I mm. uh, just you know it's been and you know and now uh, you know because look call a spade a spade after porn ends a little, it still is a little controversial if you don't know what it is if you haven't seen it you can get a little judgmental and trust right. me Movie executives are ridiculously judgmental. It's their job to say no. Yep. And, uh, but once you work with Jimmy Buffett, and he's your partner, and you work with you know Mr. Frank Marshall, it changes things a bit. Yeah. Some
0: <laughs> some doors are open. Then. Yeah.
3: Yes. Yes. Uh, so, uh, but then we did After Born ends Two, um, and that was again number one. You know, crushes it out there, get a big Netflix deal, and um, you know and then. Um, you know, and that was, uh, you know, that, that was really cool because I got to do some things in, in two that, uh, luckily, my producers actually had bought the rights from the other guy and um, he who shall not be named. Uh, <clears throat> and um, I got to do some things that I really want, I didn't get to do in the first one and um, I wanted to show what the black experience was, was like in porn mm-hmm. because I, I, I tell you, I saw, and this isn't to cater to what's going on right now. But something I saw a lot of was in that industry, a whole lot of racism um, and uh, unhealthily so. And I wanted to see what the black experience was like. So I got literally the first black porn star guy, a guy named Johnny Keys, uh, that I had to fight tooth and nail to get on. He was 72, 73 years old at the time. Right. Uh, but he was also an army veteran, a champion, champion boxer. He spoke in, uh, in front of um, the state Supreme Court. Against against uh, um, uh, First Amendment uh, and free speech laws against decency, mm-hmm. um, you know, a guy who had uh, in a million, <laughs> his Johnson had a million dollar policy on it because the Klan- <laughs> 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 he literally had the Klan after him for having sex with white women on camera. Yeah,
1: you know? and, I, and, and, I, and I have heard that story. I, I absolutely have heard that story.
3: Yeah, and, and, what a, and everybody, you know, I, I had to fight tooth and nail to get him in the movie on top of that. And then, you know, the course producer like, see, aren't you glad you fought for this price? But yeah, you dicks. <laughs> Come on. <man. laughs> um, and then uh, uh, so I, I got to do some stuff like that in there that I really wanted pursued and, um, and needed to be out there um, that people just don't talk about. Um, you know, and uh, I love talking about that stuff. And I mean, my, my dad's a Vietnam vet, so it was really neat being able to speak to him about that and how it affected him. Um, you know, because what what those guys went through, you know, like like John Lewis who just passed away yesterday. You know, what um, I read some something somewhere said, you know, he risked his life more by 25. You know, it done more than anybody can even imagine out here. I forgot exactly what the context was, but. But, you know, uh, Johnny was the same way and, you know, I mean, he literally, you know, literally had a you know, target on him. And, you know, so I think, you know, we need that historical perspective and, you know, not to say that pornography is one of these great arbiters of such, but, you know, catch, catch, catching a moment in time is, is important. And right. I think that I don't, I'm not a self-important, self-serious man. Um, uh, in, unless it comes to making cocktails, but, um, we, uh, I do think that documentaries are important. That you catch somebody at their most honest, at their most revealing. Absolutely. And when you get that on camera, you know, there, it's a truth that cannot be denied. Uh, not to say some people don't bullshit their way through these things, and you know. But I was really, really happy when all the, out of all the really great articles that came out and reviews, everybody talked about Johnny and uh, and the stuff that he did, and and also. Um, Oh, excuse me. We had another uh, another uh, black performer on there who contracted HIV, and this was also something that was not addressed. It's not addressed. It's 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 sensationalized, um, and it makes for a good headline. And Darren was he was a Navy veteran as well. He's a C. And you know the stuff that he went through in the 90s and the early 2000s. And again, it was another race thing, which is not something I wanted to harp on. But he's sitting there telling me this stuff. You've got to be kidding me! And then when he got HIV, you know, he was cast aside, cast aside by a multi-billion-dollar industry that used him up and mm-hmm. and did nothing for him. And now he's become a speaker and an activist and a, a, a lovely man. He uh, actually plays guitar too. He's got an Eddie Van Hale and Stratocaster. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So you know, these are things that I, I think are important that. You know, glad somebody did it every once in a while. It's cool to me,
0: yeah, 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 exactly. And that, that's what
3: that's kind and, of what we and thought. these
1: Stories need to be told. I mean, I'm happy that somebody is willing to take the chance it, and be able to, to tell these stories that need to be told,
0: yeah. It, it, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, what, whatever you think, whether you are, are somebody that watches porn or whatever, I mean, it is a part of history. Yep. It's a, it's a, and it's, a, whole, it's a
1: multi-billion dollar business. So, yep. you know,
0: yeah. So, um, but Bryce, I have, we have, we're gonna, we're gonna wrap it up on, I know we've taken so much of your time. Um, <laughs> always we, fine.
3: Go the hell out of it, man. Yeah. We, uh, we've,
0: we've thoroughly had a, it's been a great conversation. Yeah. I've absolutely loved
3: football real quick. Yeah. I can, you know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so predictions for this year.
3: Uh, predictions? It's going to be. I think it's going to be. Well, we lost Norfolk State the other day. I think it's going to be all in conference, um, unless I, I have a feeling that South Carolina might be okay. I don't know why. It just it's so regional, and you know. Uh, but uh, I would be. I, I think that overall, I think that there's going to be a lot of rules bent for bowl games because um, they're not canceling those things. There's too many billions of dollars. Right. Uh, but I think we go to a bowl game, uh, okay. even if this was fine. But I I do think I feel like. Uh, as long as we can get back on the practice field, because I know they're shut down right now. You know, I, I think seven would be great. I think there's going to be a lot of nail biters. And, um, you know, Holtman, I think he's getting, you know, he's refining his craft. And a lot of those passes that go long are going to be right on target. Target, CJ Johnson is, you know, political. Um, Absolutely, uh, yeah. on the early watch list and I get excited. Hairs on the back of my neck. Oh, yeah. About <laughs> oh, <laughs> and,
1: yeah, man. Uh,
3: and I, I tell you, I think the, the sleeper of the year, no, he shouldn't be. Um, I think it's going to be pro. I think he's going to really, I think CJ's going to be so concentrated on pro runs those slots So gosh yep. darn well that it's, he's going to be a real knife in people's hearts. And I'm looking forward to, um, uh, I miss having tight end play and, uh, Houston's got some top tight ends now that he wants yep. to use. This tight mm-hmm. And I, I think that, you know, we are wide receiver you and there's going to be a lot of uh, CJ's going to get his thousand yards. You know, he, he's going to get his money. Uh, but everybody else is really going to benefit from that because they're already great anyway, and it's going to open it up. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing what a, a more aggressive defense is going to do. Um, and people that are, I guess not, maybe not as, I mean, they're going to be aggressive, but they're going to be really disciplined a couple years under Mike Houston. You know, you're not going to make the stupid unforced errors. Um, you know, gotta be so. I mean, how many times do we see during that other guy's tenure? just sloppy tackling. Right? Yeah, gosh, you know, and we had a little bit of that last year, a little left o- left over. But you know, I think it's been you know, I think it's been stomped out. And uh, so I, I think seven is is very well in reach. Um, I, 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 I'm a big Stephen Igo fan. So uh, Shout I, out I, I go
0: friend of the podcast. Yes, absolutely.
3: And, uh, and and Cliff and all my boys pirate radio and uh, even Troy, um, but not eight. Um, but El- and Ellery's a great dude too, and uh, and, and Shirley Rhodes, who captains that ship. People don't know that. She's oh yeah, she does.
0: People. She she cracks um, the whip around there.
3: Oh man, uh, but yeah, I, I think that seven is is, is is very doable. Eight, if we you know, as uh, as Jimmy Buffett says, uh, with a little love and luck.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs>
3: what I, I like to go undefeated. Yes, I think it'll be amazing. But you know, we'll, we'll we'll see. But I tell you what, uh, I'll, I'll I'll leave you on this. Everybody's going to know at the end of that game, no matter what happens, they got punched in the mouth and they played East Carolina again. Absolutely. Hell yeah,
0: yep. And that, that, that that's what we've been looking for. Um, now, Bryce, we have one last question that we ask all of our, especially ECU alum, anybody that comes to Greenville often. We have we have a question. For hardest you. question we am going to ask you all. This day. is the hardest question you're going to get all day. You ready? Go for it. Shoot. All right. So, say ECU gets their fifth win, sixth win, finally get over that hump. You're maybe they're finally allowing fans back in the stadium. We get to go out afterwards and go celebrate. All right, we get to go celebrate a pirate win. Pirates <laughs> are bowl eligible. Mm-hmm. We go to sup dogs. All right. Yeah. So, so let's just say you, me, and artie we we have been hanging out at the game. We go to Sub Dogs after the game after a big win. What is the go-to order? What are you getting oh, at Sub Dogs?
3: Oh man, jeez. Uh, well, I get uh, so I get my margaritas made there, like they do the sub crushes. Okay. Like Frank Himes, uh and and no simple syrup. And it's the it's the Jimmy taught me that it's the hangover proof, no sugar. So kill lime juice, little uh, you know, triple sec or whatever. Um, I really, you know what, man? I'm an old school guy. I used to work at Cubbies. Uh, okay. I love and shout cubbies.
0: out Cubbies. Yo. I love Cubbies.
3: I used to cook at Cubbies downtown. Um, and, uh, I like my Carolina style, man. Chili, mustard, onions, and slaw.
1: Okay. Okay. And I got it. Are you, are you doubling the dog?
3: And I'll double dog that, that MF. Yes. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> got
0: you.
3: <laughs> and if I'm, and if I'm feeling real frisky, cheese fries on top of it.
0: Yes, sir. Oh, okay. you gotta,
3: you gotta get I texted my friend. Uh, you guys know who Carter Cruz is? Oh yeah.
0: Yes. So
3: I, I texted her the other day. She you know, she loves some stuff dogs. She's like, Oh my god! I was like, Come out, man! Come stay at the beach house. Bring your boyfriend. It's cool.
0: You know? Yeah. <laughs> we we got to
1: have her on, man. Yeah, we should get Carter Cruz on the on the podcast. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, that, that that'd be a fun. would no, be a fun one. I mean, her DJ career is taking off. Finally, oh yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean.
3: Yeah. I'm trying to, uh, we're trying to work on something. Uh, I, I love her music. I think yeah, Blue Line, I, I actually have respect for good EDM and mm-hmm. um, yeah. So you, uh, yeah, I, I like Carter a lot. She's a, she's a good person. And um, uh, you know, it's another one of those where somebody just has to give her the right shot. Cause she handles herself incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm glad to, I'm glad to call her a friend.
0: That's awesome. Well, Bryce, uh, we're glad to call you a friend of the podcast now. Uh, thank, oh, yeah. thank, thank you again. Uh, go Pirates. And we'll, we'll, we'll have to have you on again yeah, sometime this, is,
2: this has been yeah, I'm super doing,
3: fun. i down here. Uh, I can't say exactly what it is because we got to get some stuff done, but I am actually working with Coastal Studies Institute. Wow. Uh, and I'm going to be working with uh, a bunch of other things. But uh, I met with uh, the Vice Chancellor the other day, and he's helping me out um, that was when I was in Greenville the other day. And um, uh, I can't officially say what it is in any media right now, but uh, in a couple of weeks, I can. But I'll actually be shooting down here in the Outer Banks for about
1: six weeks. Well, we're definitely looking forward to hearing what that's going to be. Also, and also, Oh, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, if you need any extras or anything, you got you got our email. You got our numbers now. So now, feel free. Now, Parrot Heads, where can we find that again? Because I definitely want to watch that. Prime. Uh, Amazon, Amazon
3: Prime. Amazon Prime. Okay. It is on Amazon Prime. Yep.
0: All right, Bryce. Well, thank you again. Go, guys. It's been a pleasure. We, we've had a lot of fun. Oh, yeah.
3: Thank you. And go Pirates. Yes, go
0: sir. Pirates. <laughs> was a great interview with Bryce Wagner we want to thank him again for coming on the podcast I really enjoyed hearing about his time at ECU hearing about working with Jimmy Buffett on the Parrothead movie um, I, I really thought that was that was a great interview and we hope that y'all all enjoyed that um, but already moving forward uh, we had some scheduling news uh, come out also this week so big week uh, for ECU and scheduling and the what ifs for for the 2020 football season mm. um, so the Miac, the they canceled their football season right ecu but i think they canceled all fall sports yeah I, i'm 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 not yeah i, know, I, know, I, I know, think I know they, they did i know they at least canceled their football, their football season yeah but ecu was supposed to play uh North norfolk state, norfolk state mm-hmm. on i believe it was september 12th. Mm-hmm. So they were supposed to have a bye week. They're supposed to have a bye week September fifteenth or September fifth, excuse me, um, and then play Norfolk State September twelfth. Then play at South Carolina September nineteenth. Well, now guess what? ECU doesn't have that on their schedule. Right. Um, But this is a great opportunity for ECU to maybe schedule a another school, not an FCS school. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that would help them. Help their strength the schedule, and if worse comes to worst, this since this year's already not going to be a regular year. Nobody's right. going to like. I think once the season starts, like everybody's going to say, "Well, whatever happens this year, it just happens." It just happens exactly. Like we what, have to, we have to understand we're, that we're gonna this take, is not a normal football we're, season. We're going to take everything that happens this year with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Um, I think whatever happens will just happen, and then um, what? A, I, I don't I don't even know like. At the end of the year, we will have a college football champion. But do we even have a bowl – do we have bowl games? You can't – what's the point of having a bowl game? Right. You can't have fans there, really, unless something drastically changes. And, I've, and I've
1: forgotten how many bowl games we even have. There's I think like,
0: it's up to like 30. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're up to 30 now. Like Something, something like that. I, I can't even tell – I can't even remember. But now you have schools like uh, ECU and – Schools like App State, who are in-state opponents, mm-hmm. that can now play each other because they have two weeks. I believe, I believe uh, App State has both of those weeks open as well. I'm trying to look it up. Yeah, I think we have. I think we have two weeks where we're both open. Yeah, so I think what I think what ECU should try to do and they should invite App State. App State lost a road game, mm-hmm. so. I think that they would be more willing to come on the road. ECU lost a home game, so ECU would be more willing to have a team come to Greenville. So maybe they – app comes to Greenville this year for for our game and then um, we we just schedule another game in the middle of the season instead of having our game against Norfolk State. Mm -hmm. Um, We mentioned this last week. Both. We talked about cut, just cutting our game with Norfolk State <laughs> in the first App. place and just adding App since they lost their game against Wisconsin. Mm. But now that we've lost Norfolk State yep. to no fault of our own, let's go after App and say, hey, you want to come to Greenville? You want to come down to the thick and get your ass kicked? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm being facetious on that. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm tempering my, my uh, hopes for that game. But, yeah, I mean – we're about to start a three-year contract with App State. We start next year. We play them in Charlotte on Thursday night, I believe, on uh, September 2nd. Mm-hmm. Now, let's uh, let's schedule it. Maybe we have it the week of the 5th. Um, I don't know. Has Morgan State – has that game been canceled? Uh, what, yeah, because they're in the MEAC. Mm-hmm. So, Morgan State also – they had two opponents. App lost two teams. Yeah. So they they're gonna want to schedule something. Um, they lost their game to the MIAC opponent, Morgan State, and their game to Wisconsin. Um, they were supposed to travel. Right. They to travel to. They were yeah, supposed to travel Madison. up to Wisconsin mm-hmm. um, to play the Badgers. So what they probably should look at doing is, you know, let's have that game on the fifth, and then they maybe use the game at Wisconsin as one of their bye weeks or as a bye week. Um, or they can find somebody else in state to maybe schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's other opponents close by that are losing. Maybe maybe a school like Elon would be good for App to schedule. But, um, yeah, I, I think ECU might as well schedule App State for this year. And then we'll still keep – what we do is we still just keep the, the three-year series – how, how do you feel about that?
1: I mean, I, I think it's a great idea. Um, logistically, I don't know what goes into that. I know it's not as easy as just sitting down, making a phone call, and saying, "Hey, let's let's play on October such and such." And then that's you mean it. to tell me it's not like NCAA <laughs> football fourteen where you can just
0: like pick your schedule, right? Come I on, don't, man.
1: I don't think logistically is that easy, but I, I do think it's it's a great idea. Um, you know, we've got two weeks where we're going to be open; they're going to be open. Um,
0: so I had those flip flops. So. ECU, all right, they both have the nine nineteen open mm-hmm. and the September fifth open, so ECU plays South Carolina on the twelfth. I, I had the, I had that wrong, um, so yeah now they have the same the same dates
1: open. But, but but just remember within the next five weeks if we were to do this we not only have to get confirmation that we're going to have a season. Then we have to go about setting this game up, on top of getting ready for a season. So it's a lot of stuff that's going to be because this game has to get scheduled before well, week week zero. It, I would I would assume so. Or else it's it, going to be a logistic nightmare trying also, to schedule yeah. this game. You know,
0: App State will definitely need to. App State will have to schedule the, the game. Mm-hmm. Um they because they they they're down to ten opponents. Right, and
1: I'm just saying I, I think it's a great idea. It's just time is not on anybody's side right now. This this has to get done soon. But
0: but these things have happened in shorter time time frames. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at ECU going to NC State a couple years ago. when we canceled the game with Virginia Tech. Um, screw Virginia Tech. Screw NC State. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean that you had you had that happen just a couple of years ago. And we tried to work work it out with Virginia Tech, but they were, they were, uh, what's the word? Uh, too much of sissies, uh, pussies, uh, whatever to reschedule us. And they wanted to talk shit afterwards, but that, that's another thing. So we scheduled NC State, right? Right. So we scheduled NC State. We go down there. Yeah, we get our ass kicked. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that was to be expected at that year, the last year, Scotty Montgomery. And going in without a head coach, but but who's not to say the app isn't going to be cocky, right?
1: Who's not to say, well, we feel like we're a better football program. We, we'll pay you. We don't care. You got to come to us. We're not going to Greenville. You app got to come to Boone. Because believe it or oh, not, we're not coming to Boone. We're not having a game. You know, who's to say they're not going to have that kind of mindset? Because app still knows who the big dog is. Do they? They do. I mean, we're they're, talking as powered alumni.
0: We're not talking as yeah, but they're also Mountaineer alumni. But we're also talking about the Sun Belt and the American Conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Sun Belt compared to the American Conference is I just I, I know I know a lot of below.
1: I know I, I know quite a few App State alumni, and
0: they do not feel we're big dog at all. <laughs> but that's just well, yeah, they've been yeah, we haven't been for the last five years. But historically, in the state of North Carolina, mm-hmm. we do run this. State. No, I absolutely believe they should come to Greenville.
1: But who's not to say that they're going to be like, eh, nah. Well, they lost. They lost. Well, we'll just
0: wait till we have the neutral site game in Charlotte next year, you know. Then if that's the case, have fun having 10 games. Because if that's the case, that's how you're going to be acting with all of your opponents this year. Mm -hmm. You're not Alabama, baby. You're not Alabama. (laughs) I don't give a shit who you are. You're App State. You're lucky enough that we've scheduled a 1-1-1 one, one, one with you. You see what I did, Pirate Nation? I just got this man fired up. You're lucky enough we did that because ECU's on the come up. We're giving, we're giving you an opportunity to come in while we're still down, while we're still resting on our laurels. You can come into Greenville and you can, you can put that. Maybe, maybe y'all can talk about that one as much as you talk about that win over Michigan, okay? Huh? Huh? Yeah. App, you ain't shit. You ain't shit.
1: And like I said, two pirate alumni. <laughs> man. That's, how we're, that's how we're coming across, and that's how we should come across. But I'm thing, just, you know, I'm just the, trying to look at it from the other side. Of, that's all.
0: The best thing to come out of App State isn't even an App State fan. He's a Carolina fan, <laughs> Eric Church. He's a Carolina man. Loves UNC. He went to App State. And then Luke Combs. Don't even get me started on Luke Combs. Luke Combs is trash. But yeah, App. <laughs> there's there's nothing but a bunch of hippies up there in App that like to smoke weed and... Now, what are you going to say if they come to Greenville and cook their ass? Alright, I, I just said <laughs> this is the year, that if you want to schedule a win, <laughs> this is the year. I'm saying ECU is on the come up, but but, we're, but we're still a little down. We're still a little down, yeah. but I'm telling you next year, the year after, nah, we ain't playing. We got a good head football coach now. We got a, we're building a good roster behind them, and we're going to come out and We're going to go up to the Rock. Is that what y'all even call your little high school stadium up there in Boone? <laughs> it's yeah. a cute little stadium. It's cute. It's cute. it's cute. it's cute for a 12-year-old girl. Yeah. <laughs> it. it that, I mean, I've seen high school stadiums bigger than y'all's. And you want you want me to say, oh, yeah, we'll come up there to Boone? No. Nah. There ain't nothing to do in Boone.
1: I will, I will say – I cannot wait, whether it happens this season or next. I cannot wait to see App ECU because that's a very underrated North Carolina rivalry, and those two fan bases are extremely passionate, like extremely passionate. So
0: I can't, I can't wait. I, I forget, uh, I forget that App even exists most of the time until I hear. <laughs> I don't do that. Until I hear somebody talk about Michigan, that's the only time I remember. Yeah, can App.
1: we, can we, can we stop talking about that App Michigan game? Let's not.
0: What, what are you going to do when ECU let's does not, it again in 2023? Up. I'm
1: completely okay with ECU beating Michigan. That's my alma mater. Let's not talk about App Michigan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Once again, here's our drop of Artie is a Michigan man. <laughs> Go big blue, baby. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Um, so, yeah, Artie, we had some Twitter questions. Um, let, me, let me pull those up real quick. If you just give me a second. I'm. I know we have them this week. I'm trying to get my phone to open. Maybe I should just screenshot them from now on and and see. Artie, okay. First question. I know it's from Dan the Man, uh, Dan Clark. This shout asshole. out, shout out, San Francisco Dan. Uh, this asshole, San Fran Dan. He asks, uh, does Jared genuinely believe the Braves will win the NL pennant? <laughs> and then he replied i meant can and will um sorry for the typo so dan i believe that the Braves can win the NL pennant but here here's the caveat with this year being a 60 game season and i mean if you look at the Nationals last year if you look at the first 60 games the Nationals are probably drafting first overall in this year's draft mm-hmm. They were terrible. They were like thirteen and forty something last and then year. They just turned it and then they, around. And then they How
1: I don't know they, they had they the, really
0: They kept saying it we around. had the best record since May twenty-fourth. Shout out my birthday. And I was like, Yeah, y'all had the best record since May twenty fourth, but y'all still didn't even come close to winning the division. So I think that the Braves won the chip. Yeah, that was the first time they <laughs> ever they won They won the chip. Em. That was the first time they ever won anything. Um, Yeah, so I think that the Braves can win it. The Dodgers are so good still. Um, I don't know if they will. So, yes, I believe that they can. I don't believe that they will this year. Next year, the Dodgers are going to have some trouble paying some of these guys. Right. I, I don't think Mookie stays mm-hmm. in L.A. I actually think he comes to A-Town, baby. I think Mookie Betts is coming to Atlanta, and he'll, he'll be there next year. And that outfield, we're going to have an outfield of Ronald Acuna Jr., Christian Pache, and Mookie Betts, mm-hmm. plus Ozzie Albies, Freddie Freeman, and Dansby Swanson, plus – Don't sleep on Yasiel Puig. You got him too. Well, he actually – And he tested positive for Croner. He tested positive, and he said that he's not going to sign with the Braves right now. So, he hasn't signed with the Braves, so nobody knows what's going on okay. with him. But, yeah, um, <laughs> it's going to be a fun, fun time to watch. I'm ready for baseball to get started up. starts next week. I'm going to be watching my Braves. I uh, believe they play the Mets uh, first week, so that's an easy dub. Now, we've um, got uh, what, how many games? 60, 62? 60. 60. Even. And there's, what, 40 division games?
1: 40 division games. So, I mean, those, every single one of those division games are going to be slobber knockers because they're, they're going to mean so the, much. The most
0: competitive, like, anybody want, that wants to debate me, Come at me on Twitter. The most competitive division in all of baseball is the NL East. Yeah, you have the Marlins who aren't that great. Sorry, Catherine. I know you're listening because of who we had on the podcast today. But uh, no, Marlins. They, they the Marlins may go like 12 and 48. Nobody cares about the Marlins. Exactly. The the Marlins are well. They're used to playing an empty stadium, so yeah, nobody, um, nobody cares about the Marlins. So yeah, I think the Marlins. You don't have to worry about but them. Remind me who else is in that division? You've so you, the Nationals, you got the the Braves. Nationals, Braves, you got the Phillies, and you got the Mets. And yeah, yeah that is I mean, going to be a very. That, big, that's, and then on top of that, you're playing the AL East for inch, uh, for the interleague. Sorry, once again losing my thoughts. Mm-hmm. So Braves are going to be playing. The AL East, and uh, they're gonna have to. I mean, they're gonna have to play 20 games against the Rays, the Yankees, and the Red Sox. Which I mean, the Red Sox probably aren't. Red Sox aren't gonna do anything this year, but um, yeah, I, I think Braves can win the pennant. Don't think they will, okay? Because they're gonna they're gonna get in the playoffs, and I think they I think this is the year they break the streak of not winning a playoff series. But I don't I don't know if they. This is the year that they go to the World Series. Okay. Um, from our boy Petey, always always a fan of the podcast. Shout uh, out Petey. Shout out my boy Petey. Uh he's actually the one that hooked us up with this interview this week. So <laughs> uh shout out to him um for getting us Bryce Wagner. Um he says, What are y'all's favorite tailgate activities? Go to tailgate drink? Best ECU tailgate story? I'm in the mood to tailgate. Well, Pete, we are too. Um, Artie, what's your favorite tailgate activity? Like, so you get to, you get to the tailgate. It's time. It's time to have some drinks. What's mm-hmm. your favorite thing to, do at a tailgate? I
1: gotta hit the uh, the pong table, beer pong. Okay, that's that's absolute.
0: Now are and, you, are you like normal beer pong? I've seen you play twenty one cup. Like, mm-hmm. how, wh- what are we doing when we get there? Um, I would say normal, normal beer pong.
1: Because usually and, and, and in my in, in, in my heyday it was me and John. That was that's that's yeah, Johnny Boy. That's who ran the John Paul. Ran the table. I think one time we ran like ten straight games in a row. I don't All know right. how long that shit took, but All right, yeah. <laughs> that's that's either that or uh, or some cornhole.
0: Yeah, so my tailgate go to is um shotgunning Red Bulls and <laughs> also playing Dizzy bat. Um or can't do the dizzy bat. Dies. Nah, I'm you, gonna get way too dirty. I'm gonna fall on the ground. I'm gonna be rolling all all over in the dirt. I, I, I'm a I'm a big guy, and I may not look like I have good balance, but I can keep my balance and I can swing a baseball bat. Yeah. So yeah, I'll uh, I'll play dizzy bat all day long. Um, go to tailgate drink. Ooh. Be, are you are you a beer? You're you're a liquor
1: guy. I'm whatever is available. So, but like all right. if I'm at the tailgate,
0: and now I'm, I'm drinking what's there. Guys, remember we are we are guys that were in a fraternity. Right. So we I couldn't we I had options. I didn't, I didn't really have, you know
1: uh, a time to be picky with my with my drink choices. It was just I but, right, but let me grab a
0: beer. But like so do we, I want this Keystone light? Not really, but I'm gonna drink it anyway. What's your favorite? If you had to choose is it a mimosa, is it beer? Is it we've had tequila sunrise?
1: I will say the tequila sunrise on an early morning tailgate. Fuck yes. That gets you there. That, PJ. that gets you there. The PJ, the PJ is more like a party atmosphere. I can't really drink that in like, see,
0: a, I, like outside. See, I mean, I was always the one that was always on time for the games. I never yep. left early, <laughs> so I needed something to get me through the games. But the PJ sometimes just had too much sugar in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it Stuff fucked you up, but like it had too much sugar in it. So I'll say my go-to was either the Tequila Sunrise or Pass Me a Bud Light. Yep. Um, I wasn't bringing the Bud Light. I was, bringing, I was the guy bringing in the Keystone, the Keystone. case, but uh, yeah. I tried to keep it a little classy. I brought Millers. Uh, my, my family loves to tell a story of me walking down the road carrying a 30 racket Keystone <laughs> to a tailgate. Um, and then, best ECU tailgate story. Oh, man. Do I even remember <laughs> my best <laughs> ECU tailgate story? I've got
1: one. I think it was the one at the church, and I forget which one it was, but it was the one where you had the huge tent. Like, we had rented, like, two big tents.
0: That was, like, homecoming. Yeah. I, man, I've got, I've got the funniest picture and of you somewhere on my phone from that. from that. I, I, I've tailgate. never
1: been more energized during the tailgate. I was everywhere, talking to everybody, yeah. and I still made it to the game on time and stayed for the entire game. That was probably my favorite tailgate, and that was, like, a – because that was a noon game. So I yeah. think we were up at like 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. Started drinking around 7.30, which people, we were degenerates. So I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. Nobody should get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and start sophomore, drinking.
0: It's yeah, a year. Uh, <laughs> there was a day we, we had a noon game, and I woke up at like 5 a.m. and started drinking mimosas.
1: Just absurd. But this is what we did. And I have to say that was probably my favorite tailgate during mm.
0: my time at ECU. My favorite would have had to be – um. Mine was didn't even occur at ECU. Mine was that tailgate we had at South Carolina. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's an underrated one. That, that is. So yeah. we at one point we're already went into the game. That was the what was that twenty seven twenty sixteen? Mm-hmm. Twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen ECU at South Carolina. ECU should have won that game. But um yeah, so we had all of our fraternity down there, we had several Alumni, several girls that went to ECU down there, um, some parents. We had a huge squad rented out like a U-Haul trailer. Took all all of our stuff, all of our equipment from ECU down to Columbia, South Carolina, mm-hmm. and squatted the fuck up and, uh, and took over an entire parking lot. And you know we took over when a lot of the South Carolina students
1: came to our tailgate to come party with us. That's how you know we t- we took it over. We we had people sitting on top of U-Hauls. We had people throwing <laughs> beers. We had and that was that was a party. That was one time where the tailgate was so good. I was like, "Do I really want to go to the game right now?" And I was like, "Yeah, I got to go to the game." Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was like, the tailgate was that good. I was like, Artie, I have us
0: tickets." And The tickets <laughs> fell through. I think I looked at you. I was like, "Ah, oh, but well, we could just stay at this tailgate and catch it at a bar, man." Like, yeah, but I had ticket. Uh, I was supposed to have tickets from one of the athletes. So I won't say names, but yeah, it, that did fall through. Those tickets ended up falling through. I was like, "Man, we got we got played." Mm-hmm. But we ended up we got in the nosebleeds. We missed half. The first quarter, but uh, it, it was a good game. Yep. Had a lot of fun at that one. Um, and then uh, last last uh, question, not really a question, more of a statement, um, more of a request. We, we don't really do requests on the podcast, um, especially not this week. So, Brandon Avery, <laughs> um, our boy Brandon, um, he basically just said, Honestly, no question. Just want a good old fashioned Jared and already rant against the Power Five. With conference-only schedules becoming the norm for this season. All right, Brandon, I'm not going to do five minutes. I'll give you a minute of my time. Um, <laughs> you're my boy. I love you, man. But uh, I, I think we talked about it. We, we, we did talk about it we last week. We beat this dead horse last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe in the Power Five. The Power Five is bullshit. Um, my opinion on that will never change. I don't think that the Power Five, especially not the Pac-12 or the ACC – and maybe even the Big 12, really have anything to hold over the heads Mm -hmm. of the American Athletic Conference. I think that we have a Power Six Conference, and I think that it would do them best to allow us, it would improve ratings, to allow us to have an opportunity to win a national championship game. There's no reason that UCF, who goes undefeated for two straight years, should not be playing in a national championship game. After the power of five schools, mainly the SEC and Big Ten, said, hey, you have to play one of us to really show that you can beat us. UCF goes into a bowl game, beats Auburn. A three-loss Auburn team at that. Went, went in, beat Auburn, and then they, co- <laughs> they said, all right, well, that's cool. Maybe next year if you go undefeated. Went undefeated again, plays LSU, and loses to LSU. The future national champions. So, and it was a good game, I believe. I don't. I don't think. It yeah, was a blowout. It, it wasn't a blowout. It, it started off as a blowout, but UCF. UCF made it made a little bit of a comeback. Made it made yeah. a little bit of a comeback. Competitive. Made it, they made it a game. So, how how in the world are you telling me that every school they say every school has the same opportunity to win the national championship? No, they don't. They don't. You had a school that went undefeated and played Auburn. I'm pretty sure they played Florida. Played Florida State. I'm pretty sure played all these power five schools and they wouldn't let them into the national championship or the college football playoff because of the, their conference. And they're in one of the biggest TV markets of Orlando, Florida. How, how in the world are they not, how in the world is that not a power school? Granted UCF also went 0 12 several years ago, just four or five years ago. Yeah, you, but but
1: can can any other program say that they turned it around that quick in two years they went from zero and twelve to twelve and zero, in to, two years to twenty
0: four 0 twenty five yeah. 0
1: it, has any football program in the history of football ever done that kind of a drastic turnaround? No,
0: <laughs> so no, no shot. So yeah, um, you can you can miss me with uh, saying the power five it's a power six. Get at me. Um, also. I think that the non-conference thing—that's the way, the Power Five's way of trying to get rid of the Group of Five, quote unquote Group of Five—really the Group of Four, because we believe in the Power Six. That's their way of getting rid of the Group of Four and saying, "Hey, y'all go play with each other. Y'all go play uh, on the side there." That the Group of Five wants to really put it to, or the Power Five really wants to put it to the Group of Four. They really want to say, okay, this is y'all's time to play. Y'all go play in the spring. We'll take the fall. Y'all go play in the spring. Well, you, we saw what spring football did to both the Alliance of American Football and the XFL. They're just trying to say, okay, we're going to take everything for ourselves and put it y'all out to pasture where you belong. I don't believe in that bullshit. Marshall has a national championship. Southern Miss has a national championship. Boise State has a national championship. Those are not your Power Five schools. This, the Power Five is, is bullshit. Maryland shouldn't be a Power Five school. Rutgers shouldn't be a Power Five school. Uh, Cal, how the hell are they a Power Five school? Boston College, Boston. Boston College? Yeah. I don't,
1: I don't know what Boston College has done in football or basketball in the last decade. Yeah, seriously.
0: To be honest with you. And then you've got – I mean, you've got schools like Vanderbilt. Yeah. Vanderbilt, I mean, they want to ba- – Baseball is really do only They want to college baseball World Series, but so did Coastal Carolina. Yeah. UNC doesn't have a college baseball World Series. The, they, I mean, it, it doesn't
1: make a difference. What, I, what, what, what I'll say about it is, and I'm just going to speak for the American, there isn't really a sport in the American Athletic Conference that we can't put toe-to-toe up with any other conference. Baseball, we compete religiously.
0: We are top three conference Basketball,
1: in we send five to six teams to the NCAA tournament per year. Football, we have four to five teams ranked in the top 25 every single year. And don't get me started on the rankings. Don't, don't, don't give me that, you know, the American can't compete. We not only compete, we kick ass when we had to go up against these Power five schools, so the Power five really only does what's in the best interest of the Power Five, and they're not willing to sit down with the American. I can't speak for, for the other conferences. Well once again, but I can speak for the American.
0: Wait for We are a Power why, why are they a Power five school? They shouldn't be They have I was talking to somebody, you know they have like an enrollment of just north of like I, I believe it's just north of like 5,000 mm-hmm. <laughs> their enrollment. Now,
1: historically, Wake has been very good athletically. But if we're uh, talking about the last 10 to 15 years, basketball hasn't done much. Football hasn't done much. Shout out Jim Grubb. Uh, I don't really know what their baseball program looks like. Not that great. So, lately, Wake Forest is not a Power 5 school. But they're
0: private, and they got a lot of money. That's, and that's it right there. The, a lot of money? hmm And... So you've got these schools like your Boston College, hell, Syracuse. I I didn't even really know anything about them until they won that national championship a couple years. Like what? No, I will say
1: basketball is what's keeping them afloat. They are a flagship basketball program.
0: I get that, but when when you really think Power Five conference, you don't think basketball, you don't think baseball, you think football. Mm -hmm. That's really the only time it comes into play. You can, I mean, you have Gonzaga, you have Villanova. Winning national championships, right? You have, uh, you have Wichita State going to a Sweet 16s. Florida Gulf Coast going to a Sweet Sixteen, you have Houston going to Sweet Sixteens, you have Cincinnati going to Sweet Sweet Sixteens. You got Temple making the tournament. Like, it is beyond me how you can say, yeah, these schools just because of how much money they have, are are your. Your, your flagship, five. yeah, Power Five schools. It's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Everybody should have a shot at a national championship. If you go out and you play and you're playing a non-conference schedule, you should have one. You should have a shot. I think, I think it would be better if we went to 10 football games and played a playoff system mm-hmm. like the FCS.
1: Make those the yep. ball games. And that's why I love the NCAA tournament so much too, though, right? Because you have a 64-team field and it's anybody's game. I mean, you got Duke going up against Florida Gulf Coast, and Duke loses. You got you know UNBC beating the number one Virginia, the best team in the country. That is true excitement. That is true parity. That's Loyola being, Chicago, right, making it to the Final Four. They hadn't been to the Final Four since what 1960, 1964, something like that. So and we all wanted them to win. So. Oh, absolutely, especially me. I was I was really rooting for them. But that's true parity, and I and I, I would love to see football kind of go in that direction. And I think, but I,
0: there's too much money to be made. And they don't want to do that. I think there is parity in college football. There th- is, but I don't think that the conferences or the some of the schools, the schools like Alabama, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't say Clemson. Clemson does a pretty good job at uh, playing non-conference teams. Um, but your Alabama, your Ohio State, um, your Notre Dame's, even though they're not really a power five, mm-hmm. they're. I mean. Those are the schools that are dictating who's who. Um, nobody else has a say. But um, yeah, I think that's enough. I think that's enough for our conversation about. <laughs> we said we're only going to keep it to a minute. We went for like ten. Yeah, so. there you go, Brandon. Uh, you, you got me on my soapbox. You know how to do it. My, <laughs> my one of my best friends, Brandon Avery. Um, one one of my groomsmen, along with Artie and John and Kyle and uh, my brother-in-laws, Scott and Steven. So. Uh, Brandon, good job You did it You got me on gonna we'll get Brandon on the
1: show soon too Yeah,
0: yeah I talked to him When when our interview for today fell through I talked to him about coming on this week um, He might come on in the next couple weeks He said he wants to He's moving in I wanted to give a shout out to Brandon actually He's moving into an apartment in Raleigh Brandon is has just been accepted And is about to start his law um, degree whoop, whoop. At Campbell Law So congratulations to you Brandon um, Here's to you but, Artie, I think that's enough for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've gone for about – we've gone for over an hour already. So, let's – Just uh, talking. <laughs> let, let's, let's go ahead and uh, end this thing. Let's do it. Um, stay safe, everybody. <laughs> and uh, we'll have ECU football. Artie, what do you have left to say? Uh,
1: just my final thoughts, and and, and it's pertaining to ECU, ECU football and, and uh, college football in the fall in general. Um, I really like what baseball and what professional basketball – have done they sat down they came together they said look this is how we're going to do it hockey too and and hockey we're going to we're going to do this bubble this is how we're going to do it we're going with it we're not going to backtrack we're not going to be iffy on it we're going to make this decision and then we're going to go on with our season and i think that's what these conferences and what the ncaa needs to do within the next two to three weeks need to come together and say look we're either going to have this football season Or we are not. Because if you go full steam ahead, there is no pause. There is no cancel week four or week five because kids have gotten coronavirus. We either need to have a season or not. And that's just my final thought.
0: Yep. All right. Well, that ends it for episode 19 of the Boneyard podcast. I know this was a long one, but uh, we appreciate all of you for sticking through it. And uh, we hope you really enjoyed it. It's been a fun one. Um, We'll be back next week. All right. So on that note, we out. We out.